It's Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. I'm very excited because today I have a a very close friend and very funny comedian, Danielle Perez, with me. Uh, She's going to be at the Boston Women in Comedy Festival on May 3rd. And so if you live there, you should go see her. What's up, Danielle? How are you doing? Hey, Teresa. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, It's a very windy day today. So if there's knocking in this podcast, (laughs) that's what it is. Windy, uh, windy day in the studio. Um, <laughs> I feel like I went straight in there. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do an intro because I listen to podcasts and there's like a long intro and they're like, hey, what's up? F- what the fuck? Yeah, you know I, I know. Mean? I was like, I was very surprised. I was like, yeah. oh, me so soon? <laughs> well, and it was going to, I don't know. And I was like, do I have any announcements? But I don't really. So I was like, I'm not going to waste. No major waste announcements. The time. No, uh, I wanted to get right into it. Um, I do, uh, this is a podcast about therapy and I actually haven't been going for a, a minute because I've been really busy and it's been expensive. Look at that um, humble brag. I know. <laughs> I'm very busy. I, no, not in a good, <laughs> like truly not in a good way, but I actually kind of caught up to me today. I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this on the pod, but now that I'm here and I'm looking at you, I am going to talk about <laughs> it because I feel like this is a safe space. It is. No, I've been, I, I bring up the therapy thing because I think part of it is I haven't been going that this is happening, but, mm. um, I've been like the last two days, I've just been like randomly like overwhelmed uh, with emotion and then just wanting to cry for like in the middle of the day. And when I used to be on birth control, this would sometimes happen and I'm not on it now and I'm also sober. So it's very weird because I have nothing to blame it on. Yeah, that's intense. And it's it's so intense. And I don't know if it's a seasonal thing or what, or I've just held on to stuff, but it, it, it's been happening where I'm like driving and then I'll just be like, ah. And then I'll start crying. <laughs> it happened to me at work today. I had oh, to go to the bathroom. No. It's like, it's fine. I'm fine. Obviously, I think emotions are just a part of uh, human nature, but it- emotions are <laughs> real. I try to pretend like they're not. <laughs> but it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I, I live like, in an active state of denial. <laughs> well, but I think that's the thing that we all do is that we try to. Um, we try to maintain like a stasis of like always being happy. Yeah. Cause when I texted my sister, I was like, I don't know what's going on. She was like, it's okay to be sad. <laughs> well, that is, <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> That's, yeah. That was, that was pretty, that was a gut punch. I know. And I was like, Oh, well. I guess I'll just let it pass. So I do think it'll pass, but it's been a, it's been a weird, uh, weird thing. So that's, that's the mood I'm coming in in here with. Um, but I already feel better seeing you. I'm so. glad. Yay. Well, I'm glad that my presence makes you feel better. It does. It really does. Teresa's like, at least I'm not doing as bad as that bitch. No, <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you cry a lot? I don't cry a lot. I totally repress uh-huh. my feelings. I used to, um, if I like felt like very like anxious and had like a lot of energy and I didn't know like how mm-hmm. to, where to place it. Yeah. I would put on episodes of like Grey's Anatomy or Glee and then cry to that. Mm, You need a surrogate. Because I, what I really needed was like to cry. Yeah. And, but I I would allow myself to cry to that. It's a release. Um, I, I have, I do enjoy crying to movies and like songs and stuff, but it's so uh, overwhelming when I can't control it. Like when it's something that happens when Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Cause it's so like, I don't know. And now I'm fine, but like it, when I can't control it, it really feels like this thing where I'm like, how do I stop? It feels like I'm like stuck in it. And I hate that so much. And so maybe me trying to repress uh, stuff builds to a point where it, like it just comes out. But yeah, it's going to come out somewhere. <laughs> 
I, I don't know where, like, I mean, that, I'll do that, but that's not healthy. No. Have that surrogate. I don't know. I guess it's okay. I, th- I think she's right. It's okay to cry, but I'm, we're yeah. so used to having our schedules and stuff that, uh, like, if it interrupts, like, at work, you know, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's embarrassing. I don't want to cry at work. It's not embarrassing. Yeah, because you can get sick and you can say, I got to go home. I'm feeling sick. Yeah. But why can't you be like, oh, I'm having an well, emotional you're, breakdown. You're emotionally <laughs> ill. <laughs> you're emotionally unwell. <laughs> yeah. I've got the um, mental flu. What's more? Oh, I love that. I've got the mental flu. Um, excuse me. I need to go home. What's worse? Just like having a ton of snot come out of your nose in front of everyone or just breaking down crying? Like if you were like, oops, I sneezed a bunch of snot. Or if you were like, Gah! Oh, I think the crying is more embarrassing for sure. I if I just so. saw someone like all of a sudden just like. And then like just tears streaming down their face, I would be like, oh no, oh yeah. no, no, no. I don't I know, know what to do. Because it makes people uncomfortable. I, and it does make me feel vulnerable, even when I know like it's not a thing. Because sometimes yeah. people are like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's just need happening. To get it out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. And then it's also weird when I try to go into situations and be like, it's fine. I got it under control. And then I'm having a conversation. This also happened. I was like trying to talk to my boyfriend and then my, and then I just, tears started coming down. So then I was like, hmm, allergies. And they just kept looking away. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> sometimes you're like, I'm fine. And then you're like, oh no. The situation has changed. <laughs> and then <you're> like, <laughs> but then you try to play it off because you're like, mm, it's fine. There are no tears in my eyes. Anyways, everything's A-okay. okay. Um, I do. Uh, oh, I, before we get too far, I do like to ask my guests for a good confession because I think it's nice to start on a positive note and get uh, get my listeners to get to know you better. Is there something good you'd like to confess? Oh, my good confession is I booked a therapy appointment. <gasps> oh, my God. That's I, so exciting. First so, time? No. Oh, okay. Like I, I ghosted on my therapist last year. <laughs> I keep, that's my MO. I'll uh-huh. like start up and then I'll ghost. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let's set yourself up for success because mm-hmm. part of like things that I have issues with just in general, it's like tardiness, showing up for uh-huh. others, showing up for myself. Like uh-huh. it's a lot of self-sabotaging shit. Uh-huh. And she was like, I'm on the east side, like Highland Park area. She's all the way like by the Beverly Center. She's only available like on Saturdays at 10 or Tuesdays at like six or seven. And it's like, no way. You know what I mean? I'm not. No. Like that's already, (laughs) I don't want to do that. It shouldn't stress you out more. And so then it's like, I, you know, self-sabotage and so then it's like I get there uh-huh. and it's already like you know stressed for an hour in yeah. traffic it's just like no 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 so I was like let's not do that so I went on Madison Shepard she yeah. suggested um this website therapy for black girls okay to um for me to check out so I went and like I you know called you some people and yeah, that's I made so an great. appointment. Oh my god, I'm, I'm so excited. excited. That is exciting. It's exciting because I think, um, well, it's scary when you're starting with a new therapist because mm-hmm. you don't know what they're going to be like. But it's good. You've already done the hard work of like doing the research and making the appointment. So now you just have to show up. And yeah. yeah. Um, when you ghost on therapists, like how long in does that usually happen? Like, is it a few sessions or are you like doing it for like a year and then you're like over it? It'll be maybe like three months, six okay. months. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. never good. <laughs> and also because sometimes I feel like you reach a lull with the therapist or you start to get to serious stuff and then it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, 
I know when I switch therapists, uh, the first time I always like take, it always takes me a few sessions to get into anything. And then I feel like in the beginning, I'm just telling her like a rehearsed life story where I'm like, and yeah. this happened, but don't worry, I dealt with this and don't worry. You're catching them up on yeah. all, like, these are all the beats. It's yeah. like, here's and I, act one <laughs> of my life. <laughs> it just like feels like. Yeah, I wish I could have some like tape that I could send them. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> be of like, my life. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like the old school VHS like dating profiles yes. kind of thing. <laughs> it's like what That's you're looking funny. for, what you need. Like, let me catch you up. <laughs> I bet that's a thing, like a, a swipe for therapist kind of thing. I wonder if they're, I'm sure they're, well, they have like those apps like Talkspace or something where you can just yeah. like text a mental yeah. health professional. I don't know. I, I think mean, I whatever, whatever works for people, but. I would abuse that. I would just be texting all the time. That seems like a really easy way to get codependent real quick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be able to t talk to my therapist all the time. <laughs> I need to save it up. So I feel like I have something to say. Um, but that's really exciting. Um, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think, uh, did you, was your family like uh, big on mental health? Like, did you talk, was there yeah. a thing that uh, your parents encouraged or <laughs> what was that like? Yeah. When my parents got divorced, um, I went to therapy for the first time. I was in kindergarten. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. And I remember like being like, it was like at night and it was like this big like building. It was like a nice building, but um. I just was like given like crayons and like pieces of paper and uh -huh. I was asked to draw my family okay and I drew like a very large princess and then like a small like mom dad and sister uh -huh. you were like bitch it's about me <laughs> they were like she's fine <laughs> she's actually gonna be fine <laughs> um oh that's so funny I went to an art therapist as an adult um, oh. but th they do that a lot with kids, but I just found it through my interns. I liked the reviews and I was like, I want to try it. And it mm -hmm. worked really well for me since I hadn't gone as a kid. I feel like there's a lot to, of territory to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, so she would work with me and, uh, like let me draw stuff while I talked and it was really helpful. That's really, that sounds really yeah. nice and pleasant. I have so much anxiety now as like an adult and a comedian uh -huh. that I feel like very paralyzed by like freeform artistic things like that where it's okay, like if I was yeah. given a blank paper and told to just draw I would for sure freak out oh I mean I'd like burn it every time no <laughs> nobody can see it it's like it's part of like my anxiety with like even like just sitting down and like writing it's like that blank page and like mm. the judgment like so you're judging do you so you're like editing while you write it basically like how does it's this look terrible yeah yeah, um, it's not a when good did place. You, did you write a lot as a kid? Like, when did that self-awareness start? I didn't write a lot as a kid. I read a ton. I okay. loved to read. I was really into reading. Yeah. And, um, like, performing. I feel like this, like, gets into, into like, my thing a little okay. bit. But um, I... Yeah, I really love to read. Like, my mom would get, like, mad at me. She's like, you have to make the books last longer. Because like, <laughs> I, like, read a book in, she like, one or two days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't... We, like, went to the library, but, like, she... Yeah, she didn't, like, want to buy me new books. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had, like, my Babysitter's Club collection, you uh -huh. know? I was, like, pretty obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I never super got into Babysitter's Club. I remember trying to read it. You didn't like? I It was... Um, I'm trying to remember why I didn't like, cause I remember it was, a, I remember it being a hot thing 
I think I was too much of a nerd for Babysitter's Club. It was kind of a cool girl book. Oh, did you like like Lord of the Rings and that shit? Because I hated that. No, I wasn't that nerdy. I was like, um, like I read uh, a lot of mysteries. I read that like, like, um, oh, like Nancy Drew or like Agatha Christie. Um, no, but I, uh, a little bit, not Agatha Christie. I read Nancy Drew. I read a lot of, like I read Little Women. Oh, the Boxcar Children ones? Some of that. Um, no, there was this one mystery book about a girl on a milk carton that I was like, obsessed with oh wow um it's like something like where is caroline whatever someone tweet at me if you know but there was a whole series and it was like suspense and it's funny because i hate horror and um crime now but i liked mystery a lot as a kid interesting but i don't know it kind of like fed my imagination maybe that's why i don't like like real life horror i don't like and i like uh you like to keep it just fictional i think so but can you watch like do you like law and order like svu and shit not really I love that. No, I like fantasy. Uh, now I like more. What what kind of genres do I like? I'm like I've never really taken inventory. Mm-hmm. I guess I I like uh, this is cliche, but I guess I just like comedies. I like to watch a lot of comedies. I like yeah. action, like Indiana Jones action, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of like big, larger than life action. I like sci-fi. I like like not scary sci-fi, but I like romantic sci-fi. You know, what is romantic like? Like sci-fi her is like a is that with oh I guess yeah. That would be considered, yeah, romantic sci-fi. It's not like scary, like the machines are going to kill us sci-fi, because I feel like that's a heavy part of sci-fi. Yeah. Like sci-fi, if it existed in the world and how it would affect us as people. Okay. So, but, but Black Mirror, is that too much for you? Um, I like Black Mirror because Black Mirror plays it real, but they don't, do tend to get a little bit more spooky. But that San Junipero episode. I love That San Junipero oh episode's like God, incredible. Would, yeah. It's like amazing. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot too, because of. Like I, I love stuff that plays with the perce- perception and also time, which that does. And um, like Arrival is one of my favorite movies because of that. What is that movie? It's the one with um, Amy Adams and... Is that uh, like a more recent movie? It was like three, two or three years ago. It's the aliens land and then they have to decipher what they want. Oh, I never saw that. I'm, I feel like I... I I feel like ever since I started doing comedy, I don't do anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, I haven't yeah. seen a lot of movies. I also wasn't like a movie person growing up. Like my yeah. family wasn't really like a movie family, but um, yeah, I'm trying to like That's get okay. back into I feel movies. like there's so many movies I haven't seen. That's just one I like a lot that fits in that genre. It's like, it's sci-fi, but it's like about the people in it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. ab- about time basically. And, okay. and so I love that kind of thing I think as my, I get really stuck in my head when I get stuck in my head like talking about like crying and panic attacks like when I get stuck in something like that time really does change for me I don't know if you does know, it slow down really, yeah a little bit I don't know if you relate to this at all but um because it's so weird like I don't and right now in this present moment I don't have it so I'm like I feel fine and time's normal mm-hmm. but like earlier today I did have it where I was like panicking a little bit where I couldn't um like I couldn't fathom being out of the moment I was in, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're so like paralyzed by like the immediate mm-hmm. what's going on like in in the moment that it's that warp that like that that's the hard thing to get out of, right? Yeah. Like how do you break out of like that panic attack and like feeling like this is going to be forever? Yeah, like I knew like uh, objectively that it would pass, but uh, but I it made me feel like frantic trying to get out of it. Cause I was like, if I just let time, if I do nothing, it'll actually go faster. But I kept thinking about it and mm-hmm. I was like, how do I get out of it? And then I kept having this thought and not in like a scary way. Um, but just like this, like very, um, 
just the thought that everything was going to end. So like, but then I like, didn't want, like, I don't know. I said something online and then I took it back because I, I felt, felt <laughs> bad about it. You no, took it back. Because I, I like, I, it came off the wrong way where it like seemed a little bit like self-harmy and that's not what I meant it. Oh no. But I was just like, I feel like I'm going to die. But I feel like in a very um, broad way, like it felt like everything was like about to end. <gasps> And I didn't know how to explain it, so I wrote it because I thought yeah. I thought it was just like a thing mm-hmm. I wanted to share. Um, but then I was like, "Oh, this feels like it's, there's um, that article." I feel like it was like being shared on like comedy Twitter a little bit, but yeah. like like not being attached to living. It's not that oh, you yes, want to kill that. yourself, but you're just like not so attached to yeah. like being alive. And I'm like, <laughs> you mean just like being alive? <laughs> it's a little nihilistic, I guess. I'm like, I feel like that's all the time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be super attached. We shouldn't be attached to anything, really. Are you Buddhist? Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I'm a little nihilist, though. Yeah. I like the idea of feeling very free. I think I value freedom a lot. So the idea of feeling like at any point I could be, um, I could find it goes both ways. At any point, I can find extreme happiness mm-hmm. because I'm not attached to something. I could seek it out on my own, and it's in my power. But also, at any point, I could just like let go of everything and not and not need it. So that therefore, I'm not bound by the fear of losing something. Is like, do you think Buddhism? It and nihilism are like one in the same. Hmm. I don't know enough about Buddhism. I think Buddhism, I went to Buddhist Chinese school for a little bit and they taught a lot of like, um, just moderation and just like being kind. So in that way, I like, like the values. Um, cause I but, thought it, well, like my mom like dated like a Buddhist for uh-huh. a hot minute and I was like, so what does that mean? She's like, well, they practice non-attachment. I was like, that's oh, yeah. a real cool way for him to tell you, like, he wants <laughs> wow. to sleep with you, but not, like, be with you. Jeez, <laughs> I was like, that's, I'm like, when are dudes going to, like, when her fuck boys going to, like, our age going to start being like, I'm really in a non-attachment. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that's um, I'm insane, actually just into actually. non-attachment. It's religious. Sorry. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I guess the difference in my mind, but I don't, I'm not an expert. The sure. difference is that I think Buddhism is more about moderation, but mm-hmm. um, nihilism is more about like n- nothing really matters. Uh, and Do you think like, it's inherently an, pessimistic or is it not? I don't, but some people optimistic. may treat it that way. I think some people treat it as like, well, then nothing matters. But I look at it as like, if nothing matters, then I can make the most of every moment and I can choose to enjoy what I enjoy. So it's that, just freeing for Yeah, you. I think so. Um, but I also don't think I'm a Buddhist because I l- enjoy a little bit of excess here and there. So I mean, I love excess. <laughs> Hello. I like to be extra. <laughs> I like to be overserved. I like mm-hmm. sequins. I like Log big. Sequins. I like, I like extra. Um, uh, me too. I do that as well. What are, I, uh, what are things that like, if you're feeling down that you do, like, do you have a routine that you do to like get out of it? No, I don't have a routine. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> don't need you. There's no shoulds. Well, I mean, it, I pro- I mean, I need to learn how to manage yeah. <laughs> my downs because I feel like my downs um, are getting more extreme. Uh huh. Um, but I like to. I mean, I feel like it's a lot of like kind of hack self care shit, like. Mm-hmm. Take a bath, yeah. do a face mask. Like. Love face masks. And they're so cheap now. It's like you, you can get like a oh, pack yeah. of them. You get like- a pack, you go down to like the H Mart or yeah. whatever and like get like a pack of the sheet ones. Yeah. And I have like, I'm obsessed. Like um, I've gotten really into Korean skincare. Uh-huh. Uh, what's that store? Obsessed. The face shop? Have you been there? Oh, in, um, in K-Town? 
They probably have one there. They usually have them in malls, but it's a kind of like a. I've been to the. I've been to the one in like by where like the big H Mart yeah, is, like on Western or something. Yeah, it's a lot of Korean products for your face, yeah. for your skin, and um, a lot of masks, and you can get like all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I go. I shop on. Um, it's called like Glow Recipe. It was like these. It's like these two women. It was started by them. So basically, they are like this like online portal mm-hmm. where they like curate korean skincare products oh, okay. and then like to sell for america because a lot of the stuff you just can't get yeah. unless you're like in korea or you like have a hookup or a connection and they were like actually like on shark tank oh wow <laughs> trying to like get investors they did not get any but um because it's like mostly men and they're like we don't get it <laughs> like, we don't understand i don't so um but they have like a really good selection of stuff so i've been like fucking with like seven step you know and shit i gotta get more into it and like um they but anyway all that to say like now they have partnered with sephora and so now sephora carries some like they've started developing glow recipe it's like two girls they have like the water their big thing the thing that kind of like made them blow up is like they have this like watermelon um face mask and there was like a waiting list for it like when it first came out but that's like their big signature product because it's like like they developed it they helped develop Uh it so like now it's expanded where like they have like a watermelon moisturizer they have like a blueberry like face cleanser. Uh-huh. They have an avocado sleep mask. The Ooh. new one is like they have a pineapple serum. This sounds like a smoothie I want to drink. It's yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited. I just ordered the pineapple serum because um, it's like pineapple, but also like a lot of vitamin C, and I have a lot of um, marks on my skin because I had really bad acne as a child. Uh-huh. Um, so that um, helps with the scarring like the vitamin c is like one of the like a high concentration of that helps oh nice that's good to know my when i was little my mom used to i don't think this is actually a thing you do mm. i think she just did it because she thought it was fun but i thought it was like a real thing uh, uh, in the summer when we would eat watermelon she would save the rinds and then we would take watermelon baths um oh that sounds nice yeah because they're cool she put oh she put them in the fridge first and then we'd take them out and then it would be really cooling to just like um, it's use cooling the rinds. but like watermelon does have like um it has like um it has like acids in it, like uh-huh. exfoliating acids, but they're pretty gentle. Like that's yeah. why they use the watermelon. Wow, I sound like I'm like in an MLM <laughs> no, for I Korean like skin. Talk. I love it. <laughs> but they're watermelon sleep mask. So sleep masks are usually like it's basically essentially like you put it on after your moisturizer. Yeah. So you do like all your, you know, tone and elixirs, whatever, serums essences and shit and then you put your moisturizer on and then you do a sleep mask but instead of like like glooping your face on with it like because mm-hmm. you're gonna wash it off it's kind of like a, a lighter layer but yeah. it usually has um acids in it that like help kind of like exfoliate and retexturize the skin mm. so i think like watermelon has it has like some like ahas or like i don't know some wow. other kind of acids like, like you really know what you're talking about it's <laughs> It's just, I, you know what I do when I fucking am like anxious and sad and depressed? I like fucking go and just like go down 
rabbit holes of things yeah. like a psychopath like no that's really good I'll, like read like wikipedia pages or just like, it was, was like let me just hearing you talking about absorb it just information yeah i feel like just even hearing you tell me that i was like oh sorry i just stepped on my papo um hi wushu mr wushu is oh, yeah, here mr wushu is here uh well danielle is there anything you would like to tell me okay um i went to montessori school Oh, as a child. Okay, I, I is that I, interesting? It is. I, I, well, I want to know more. Um, but okay, first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles, California. Okay. So I grew up here in LA. I grew up in Mount Washington uh-huh. and Eagle Rock, so like Northeast LA area. But um, I feel like people like know what like Mount Washington is now because like Highland Park is like a very yeah. trendy area. But when I grew up, you know, there like it was all just like gay couples mm-hmm. and like architects and like animators for Disney. Like it was like a very like interesting like kind of hippie vibe, commune. hippie commune, people that practice like Buddhism and shit. Um, so there were like no other children in okay. the neighborhood and like growing up, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to live with my best friend too. Like I didn't, uh-huh. I grew up around all these like gay families, but I, or couples, but I didn't really understand that they were gay. Sure. So I like, was like, Oh, oh they're just real friends. nice and best friends <laughs> and cool. Like, like they, like I didn't have like an understanding <laughs> of it being like weird or strange or anything. But that's good. That's like yeah. what it should be is like the kid, like kids just see for themselves every, mm-hmm. every type of um, background and yeah. lifestyle. And then you can just make you like you, then you grow up without any f- like fear or any judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, even though like, um, so like I'm Dominican or my ethnicity like is Afro Latina. Like mm-hmm. my parents are from the Dominican Republic, both of them, excuse me. And they immigrated to the U S when they were children, they lived in New York and mm-hmm. then they went to college oh. in Boston Okay. Did they meet in college? Mm-hmm. My mom was going to Boston Museum School for Ceramics. Oh, wow. And my dad was going to, like, Boston School of Optometry. Okay. And, yeah, they got married. And, like, my mom was, like, very much, like, hippy-dippy. She uh-huh. had, like, an afro. Like, there's this cute picture of her on, like, the ceramic studio, like, on the wheel. And, like, she has her big afro Aww. and stuff. And my dad was like, I guess like a nerd. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be an eye doctor. <laughs> yeah, what a nerd. I know. <laughs> but then they um yeah, they got married and then they like moved to Los Angeles because they like didn't want to live in the cold. And so smart. They yeah, I guess they like lived on the west side for a while, but then they like got a house in Mount Washington. And, like, did a bunch of remodeling on it. But, like, they did it. Like, my mom and the contractor they got, um, he's, like, and he ended up becoming my sister's, like, godfather. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. the contractor? Mm-hmm. And he's, like, Silver Lake. Like, him oh, and cool. his wife. Like, Judy and Greg. It's, like, uh-huh. so, like, growing up, we would go to, like, Judy and Greg's and, like, Aww. listen to, like, those, like, Free to Be You and Me albums and <laughs> shit and, like, eat kale and, like... Wow. And, what? like, do arts and crafts with, like, beads. <laughs> so, what? very uh, progressive, uh, woke childhood. Just, like, 
I guess. Oh, sorry, Wushu. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no. the lights, like the, the sun started, and I was like, oh, fuck. No, it was a beautiful view. Oh, my God, it's even more beautiful at night. This is so cool. What a lovely view. Thank you. You're welcome um, to come here and write whenever you want, truly. <laughs> you should come by our place. I'm down. Um, we got we have more space now. We're trying to decorate it still, but uh, I'm like, people can come, start coming, and then he'll make, give me a motivation to actually make it look. Like, it's all, like, all those furniture's there, but there's no, uh, like, there's no artwork. No, it's yeah. not really, yeah, no, I'm really trying to do that. I'm like, I'm I'm telling myself I'm like I'm gonna make the evite <laughs> for my birthday. And when's your birthday again? April twenty third. Oh, it's so soon. I'm an Aries, Aries. Taurus. Cusp. Okay, mm. okay. Sagittarius okay. rising. Fire, fire sign. No, uh, no. Taurus oh, moon Taurus. or not moon. Um, Earth. Earth. Okay. But I'm like on the cusp, so I'm like very close to Aries. All so right, I'll read right. like Taurus and Aries, and then be like, which one do I like more? And then that's the I never horoscope I go with. <laughs> it's funny because I'm Scorpio, but I guess I'm a cusp with Libra. Um, but I always. But are you very close to the cusp? Yeah, I'm like two days away, I think. But oh, okay. I always just was like I'm a Scorpio through and through. Mm-hmm. But now people talk about cusp, and like I guess I. What's your I rising? I guess I could be a Libra. I'm a Cancer rising. That's the crying. Damn. Damn, damn. <laughs> That's where all the crying comes from. <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius rising. It's like, is oh, that okay. why okay. No, Sagittarius is great. You're independent. You're creative. You're good to your friends. <laughs> That's what that means, right? I think, I didn't know much about Sagittarius before, but um, but I did the What's Your Sign podcast and they mm-hmm. told me that Sagittarius oh, nice. and I should get along. Yeah, no, Sagittarius so. is good. Sagittarius is really like, they're they're fine. They're good. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what were we saying? Oh, um, the reason I was asking about your background, because you were talking about Montessori, and mm-hmm. I know Montessori. It, so I'll tell you, I guess, what I have heard of Montessori, because mm-hmm. I didn't really, I feel like I, I don't think I had friends who went that I know of. I'm sure somebody did. But I think I had, like, these kids I babysat for went. So I remember going to pick them up, and my first impression was they have animals. And I thought that was so cool. They had animals? At the Montessori school that I went to pick up these kids, they had, like, little rabbits running around. Oh, that's really cute. Um, but what I, my impression or what my understanding of um, Montessori schools is just, like, a more alternative school where you don't get homework and you get to uh, just experience like life more and it's more about like kinesthetic learning um and less about like the rigid like here's your grade here's learning and then through that you're supposed to just like learn on your own is that but i is that kind of what that was i think some of it Uh uh-huh for me also too i think well i don't know if like montessori school is actually like a proprietary thing like I know that it's mm-hmm. like a style of learning but I don't know if it's like a franchise system where you can just like apply and be like <laughs> I want to open up my own Montessori school do you know what oh, I mean okay because I went to Montessori school in Pasadena and it was Aria Montessori school okay and it was essentially like it was in a residential neighborhood in Pasadena like it was basically like a retrofitted craftsman that had like bungalows behind it like it was a pretty oh. deep lot yeah so wait when you say so then it's just named after it's just named after Montessori and that's what makes it a Montessori no I get I don't know like Montessori you know he's like some Italian guy or woman yeah, I remember <laughs> vaguely reading about it in a textbook that but it it's like, like some style of like yeah. learning and I mean because we did have homework but like I don't remember grades okay I went to Montessori school from kindergarten to second grade okay which was like short but also I loved Montessori school so much because Uh when I went to 
not Montessori school, I liked it. I, I realized now as an adult, I was like, oh, I was like a depressed like child uh-huh. and I didn't. And I don't think anyone really understood that. Like, like I was going to, I was coming home and crying from school. I was at school and crying and it was like more than just like, like it wasn't that I couldn't do school. It was like, this is this experience, these children, what's being like asked and demanded of me. Like it, it was, it was like way culture shock. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to go when from, you're that yeah. young because it's you can't even voice what it is, so then it just comes out as, like, emotion. Yeah. Because at least now, and, like, I thought I had a good handle until these last few days. I'm like, maybe I don't. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, you you think as an adult you have a better handle because you can name your emotions. You'd be like, I feel sad because this. Yeah. And I will X to get better, you know. Um, but as a kid, you're really just like, ah, like, what's this happening to me? And then you just are frustrated. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was, like, a... A really big confusion because like my experience with Montessori school um well also too okay so yeah like my mom was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for until um I was like yeah about like in kindergarten first grade um and then she like started doing like real estate she like got her teaching license and mm-hmm. stuff like that but it's like so those first like five, six years, it's like my mom was like at home Mm -hmm. and, you know, taking me to the park and like, Mm -hmm. you know, making baby food with a Vitamix, you know, (laughs) like she did like prenatal yoga when I was Uh like, it was just a lot of, a lot of hippie shit, just real hippie LA shit. She was very present. Real present. Um, and so, like, I feel like our Montessori school is just kind of like an extension of that. Yeah, it's very nurturing. It was really nurturing. Like, how big were the classes? My classes were really small. Like, in kindergarten, there were maybe 15 of us. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. also, too, we had a lot of like mixed grades. Mm-hmm. So, when I, by the time like I was in second grade, it was like, I think there were truly only maybe like, five or seven of us in second grade. Okay. We were like mixed with like the first graders. It was just like, it was very intimate and small. It's like summer camp almost. It felt very much like that where it was like, I was really happy to go to school and learn. There was like bilingual education. Like we learned Spanish, which was good because like until I went to school, I only spoke Spanish at home. Yeah. Um, Because both my parents, like that's their first language, but they also speak English. Mm-hmm. And the same with my grandmother. She, like, Spanish is her first language, but she also speaks English. But then, like, by the time I started going to, like, after, like, Montessori school, it was just, like, I only spoke English. Yeah. So then it was just, like. Yeah, a- it's a culture shock, I imagine. What was, um, uh, did you have pro- pro- trouble making friends once you switched over? Or did, what was. Um- yeah, it was, like, really hard. Because um, I imagine people also know each other already if you're transferring in. Yeah, well, like, Montessori school was, like, so small and, like. We had homework, but it was like they gave us like our homework for the week and it's like complete it at your like there was a lot of um, independence involved in like the the structure. Like so let's say, you know, we the the, we're working on math or something like that. Uh It's like, well, this is your packet and like we're going through lessons every day. But like, you know, you're able to like kind of complete and work on things like that work for you. But it's like. 
well, I have to wait for my parents. It's like, I'll just like do it all really quickly and be done yeah. with it. And then I'm done. But like things like grades and like, I don't uh-huh. remember any concept of grades. I truly have no recollection of like grades and stuff, but like. It's weird to give kids that young grades. It is. Because is that? I don't know. Right. Don't you think? Like, I think that the. For the parents, because they want to know how you they want to sure. track progress. But to like tell a six year old, like you got a D. Yeah. That feels so weird to me. That does seem strange. I think, yeah, the idea of like progress and like, you know, how do we get you up to speed or get you to a place yeah. where you're um, kind of progressing with everyone else. I think that's that's a thing. But like the school was so small and everyone like I was like friends with everyone. Yeah, it was comfortable. It was really comfortable. And it wasn't like, you know, I only remember like one girl not liking her. And it was like because she wore her princess dresses every day to school. And it was like, that's extra. <laughs> like, we got you know, it. We okay. got it. <laughs> and there was that one kid, Zane. And it was like no one kind of liked him because he put his boogers on the monkey bars and then like put sawdust <laughs> over it oh. and then like ate them. And it was like, that's gross. There's but always like, a booger kid. There is, you know, but it was it was like <laughs> outside of that, it wasn't like hostile or mean or any sort of like sure. kids bullying or every like everyone was involved with everything like. There was, um, we would do this one, we would have free time. Mm -hmm. So everyone would sit on like the rug (laughs) Uh and then it's like, okay, we're going to get free time now for like a certain amount of minutes. And so you could choose any activity, Mm -hmm. whether it be like reading or working with like the counting bears or whatever. But like one activity was legit sharing where you got pieces of bread and cut them up into like even squares to and then you would take that and like give it to like everyone in the class to like have some that's really nice but it's like some communal ass yeah 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 living like everyone (laughs) commie shit i was like to go from that and like also to like my reading was like pretty advanced Mm -hmm. like because of that like i was reading like full-on babysitter's club like you know in second grade and stuff like that so to go from that to like Catholic, just regular ass Catholic elementary school uh-huh. where it's like the class size is a lot larger. Okay. Now there's also like, it's like people don't like going to school. Yeah. That was weird. Like it's weird that I'm raising my hand. Yeah. I'm like a nerd and a loser. It was like, I just didn't understand any of that. Yeah. That sounds really rough. I mean, it's almost like it makes me wonder if, um, because the Montessori method is like you kind of create this very comfortable, safe environment. So then you, the kids, generally when you have a feeling of safety and security, you want to explore more because you yeah. feel comfortable coming back to your safety net. Mm-hmm. So it yeah, like there was a lot of exploration. Like exploration yeah. was like a big part of it. Like and it seemed with like the science you know, experiments and things. And you uh, you made friends easily, and it seemed like everyone is generally nice. I mean, I don't know if every Montessori school is like that. I imagine sure. it's probably similar. But then you go you go to. Um, I wonder. I don't know if this is true but like i wonder then if you go to a school like like a big school more traditional why uh if the reason bullies and and hierarchies and stuff happens is because people aren't in their comfort zone and people feel you know when you push someone to the um out of their safety and they feel like they're like like insecure or they're uh like that fight or flight response i feel like on some level kids when they have that 
it's normal to have that because they're leaving their parents and I'm sure there's a lot of un- uncertain things about school. But I feel like when you push them too far, that's when all that stuff happens, like bullying and kids being mean to each other because they're just dealing with their own insecurities. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, sure, that's definitely a thing and like a, a, like a reasoning for like bullies. I think though also too, third grade is like a transition year. Yeah. Like that's just how, like in the United States, it's like considered that. So it's like a pivotal moment where Mm. you're going from like more kind of childlike, you're kind of just learning how to like be in a class and sit still and like, we're going to just to, okay, now you're having to really intake information and like regurgitate it. And like, uh, like the, the more like critical thinking stuff starts happening. We learned cursive in third grade. I remember that was a big thing everyone looked forward to. Because it seemed oh. like an adult thing. Although oh, really? I never use cursive now as an adult. But. My writing now, it feels like I'm like, do I know how to write? <laughs> like, am I illiterate? I feel like a caveman writing. We hardly write um, at all. I it's mean, mostly typing now. Yeah. Like before I used to be like, oh, I can only take notes writing down. Yeah. Same. And like truly, if I'm having like trouble, like even like remembering a bit or mm-hmm. like focusing on like exactly like getting it word perfect i'll write it out a bunch of times because i know that like i learn you know visually auditory and i guess that's kinetically right writing it down yeah i think so Um, all the learning styles uh, (laughs) mixed styles (laughs) it is uh i really like taking notes too i was a kind of kid who enjoyed homework and i think uh i think i i personally enjoyed the the idea of tracking progress. But I also think sometimes that's like to my, uh, it's not necessarily a good thing either. I think I hung on to that a little bit because like I needed some control in my life. Mm-hmm. And then once I figured out how, how school worked, that if I like did the things the teacher said and, uh, and like, you know, regurgitated it, that I would get a good grade and be able to move on. You I figured that. out the game. Yeah, yeah. And then I really liked that. Cause I like things that have a very clear cut boundary and like structure that's why I like math a lot math is Mm -hmm. my like I loved reading but um I I I was so I hated writing actually Oh, really yeah I and maybe I don't know it started like in maybe it did start in third grade with that but I I was very depressed um in third grade like I know that now um, and it wasn't like, cause my parents were divorced. It was like, I didn't super care, honestly. <laughs> How did that manifest? So you were crying at school. I was crying at school. I remember one time, like I dropped a pencil or something and I put my hand down to like pick it up. And like this like boy, like just like stepped on my hand <gasps> and he was like looking at me like, it's like, I knew that if I said something, I would be in trouble. You know what I mean? Not huh. with the teacher, but like it would get worse, you wow. know? Um, and like, yeah, there were girls that would like make fun of me and stuff like that. And then eventually like my dad came in, like, cause it was like, I was like crying at home. Like, I don't want to go to school. Oh. And it was like, I was a kid that like loved going to school. Yeah, like it was very so like a huge transition. Um, and so my dad came to school one day and like talk to my teacher and then I don't know truly how appropriate or inappropriate this is now but he like there was like a conversation in the hall with like my dad and this girl Melissa and I don't think the teacher was present but he like he didn't 
he basically bitched <laughs> out like a third grader. A third grader. Like, oh my God. you don't talk to my daughter like that. <laughs> you don't treat her like that. Would your dad like to know? Like uh, how this is how you behave, like just so oh real, just like God. really, like daddy. <laughs> I was like, damn, like it was. I mean, you'd think that would be really embarrassing, but she like left me the fuck alone after that. Good, good for your dad, I guess. Um, I had a bully named Melissa too. Fuck Melissa, I know. Fuck bitches. Melissa. No, I'm sure there are some nice ones. Um, no, in second grade, I've never met one. <laughs> Melissa Reisinger. She used to call me a blabbermouth because I talked a lot. But here's Teresa. the thing. <laughs> Could you believe that Teresa Lee talked a lot? Oh Someone who God. has a podcast right now. Um, <laughs> I No, but she like, in hindsight, I'm like, she talked a lot. So that makes sense. Yeah, she's like, projecting. She, yeah, so she called me a blabbermouth. But I remember one time she's, she was like, and she just did it and everyone would call me that and it made me really upset. And then one time she was like, I bet you can't be quiet for a whole day. And then I was like, I can. And then so I did it. I was quiet for a whole day. And then she kind of got over it and was like, I don't care. And then I was just like, so then, but I remember just being like, just like indignant. Like I need to prove myself. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it was like, oh, she just wanted attention. That's why she's doing this. She doesn't care that I, she doesn't actually care if I talk or not. No. She just thought it was fun to call me a blabbermouth. And so then after that, it was just like, okay. She saw that it got a rise out of you. Yeah. And then I also, she lost her power over me because then I was like, I did the thing and it doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, yeah, she she made me so upset for so long because of that. (laughs) But now I'm like, no, but not at all. I'm glad because now I'm like, I do talk a lot and I do it for a living. Hey, (laughs) and you can subscribe to my Patreon. For more of yeah, these yeah, hot yeah. blabs. Hot takes, hot <laughs> blabs. Um, but, uh, okay, so you were feeling depressed as a kid, and yeah. you, your parents are pretty uh, aware of, like, going to therapy and all that stuff. So then was this around the same time when you were starting to go? Yeah, like, um, when I was, like, so they, my parents, like, divorced when I was, or they separated when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And then um, they, like, finalized their divorce like in when I was in third grade okay so like we moved out like when I was in kindergarten and like lived in an apartment in Pasadena for a little bit and then like my mom moved to Mm -hmm. Eagle Rock eventually like in third grade so like there so it was like I was like going to therapy but like I truly honestly I mean I really don't I feel like all this stuff about my parents divorce is like as I got older just seeing Mm -hmm. like the back and forth but like those early years like it didn't you're too young to I really understand. I was too understand. young to really understand. And also it was like, I just never really saw my dad anyway, because it's like his practice was also very young. So he was yeah. just like very busy and gone all the time. It's hard to Starting be aware. his practice. Yeah. But like at that age, you're not that aware of what's happening. But I was a YMCA camp counselor for a couple summers. And Could you kids, tell the divorce kids? Uh, yes. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, the, the kids, especially the ones that acted out. There were a lot of divorce kids in the camp. <laughs> I mean, it's YMCA girls. Yeah, it's a lot know, of latchkey like, happening there. What do we do with the kids over the summer while we're finalizing our papers? You know, put them in camp. But like the, the ones that were the worst, like the ones that acted out the most or the most emotional or the most needy, um, it always like almost like 98% of the time it was like, oh, their parents are in the middle of a divorce. Whoa. Um, or that, yeah. Maybe that was or my sister. Just... <laughs> Cause my sister very much like, but she was also, she was like a colicky baby. She like mm. acted out a lot. I was like the quiet, good one. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of 
pride in being the quiet good one, but that also meant I was the sneaky one. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I knew that, like, Lilac would, like, make a scene, and then eventually I would get ice cream, too, <laughs> you know, when my parents smart. finally caved. Yes, very smart. But I knew that if I just was chill... That's so funny. Then I would maintain being the good one. <laughs> Just a real, I'm a All real piece of shit. All about that image. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Always. <laughs> my brand. I knew my brand at a very young age. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, uh, so your sister, how, how much younger is your sister than you? A year and a half. Okay. Are you guys close? Mm-mm. No. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, uh, we also didn't live together for high school. Oh, gotcha. So that was like a thing. Like, um, my sister went to, so like my sister had like a learning disability, like mm-hmm. as a child and like she was in Montessori school, but even that it was like, we're having issues yeah. here. Um, so they eventually like moved her to like the Waldorf school, which is like, What's that? that That's like fancy. next level. Okay, Montessori school. It's like you think Montessori school is hippy dippy. Waldorf school is like one hundred percent no grades. Like one hundred percent no grades, no homework. You're not allowed to wear brands or logos to school. Whoa. I mean, they don't even teach you how to read. Like they, <laughs> maybe they teach you how to read now. But like when my sister was going, it was a very much like art therapy they had like maypole days they were like (laughs) coloring not even with crayola brand crayons just straight up block colored blocks of wax make your own crayons basically (laughs) it was a lot of that you know so funny and she like loved that and thrived but then my parents were kind of like i don't know she can do math you know or read (laughs) those are we still need her to learn (laughs) and like function in the real world so then they eventually um took her to Dahlia Heights elementary because, um, like the, um, um, I want to say it's like the Americans with disabilities act, like, because of like the ADA or Mm -hmm. there's something like where like public schools are required to, um, like have, um, teachers or instructors, um, that can like facilitate with like your disability. Mm-hmm. So if she has learning disability. It's like, there's going to be people that are trained there to like teach disabled yeah. kids. If it's like a learning disability. Right. So she like went to like public school and like was taken out every day and like, you know, eventually like learned to like, she learned techniques to like function yeah. and like learn and she's like a way better student than me because I was the slacker. Well, you were you transitioning out of. I mean, it seemed like you were always excited about learning, but all this other stuff got in the way. So yeah. did it, and it probably made you not want to be at school. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like in so third grade that year, I remember we were all supposed to do a report on like a president. Uh huh. And everyone had to like write like this like one page report on the president, and I just like didn't do it. <laughs> And it was, like, the first time I, like, didn't do something that I was, like, really supposed to do. Yeah. Kind of just, like, I don't want to. And How did that go? The teacher was, like, I think it was, like, either before, like, either spring break or, like, the end of the year. I couldn't remember. But it was kind of, like, they were all due, like, right before this kind of big thing. And it was, like, that day we were just going to have, like, a class party or something like that. And so I spent – she was, like – you 
you got to do this. She's like, I know that you like, it was the kind of thing was like, you're not a dumb kid. Right. Like this is something's happening here. Just write it real quick. Just do it. So I spent the class party just like writing out my thing. (laughs) So you missed the party. (laughs) I mean, I was like in the class. Also, I wasn't friends with anyone in the class. So it wasn't like I cared. Did it feel being left out of the party? At least I was doing something. What I was going to ask is, did it feel good to get extra attention from your teacher in that moment like she like was there part of you that was like doing it to to be like so that she could be like hey what's going on and then or what did you feel bad that you would miss the party like was it like now I have this extra thing I have to do and um I'm getting extra attention I think maybe I didn't realize it but maybe it was like oh now I'm getting extra attention but I think in but I think more than anything is like I'm getting away with something. Mm-hmm. But in getting away with something, it's like it's. I think it's still about attention. Yeah, because you know I think I mean? as the kids do that, and I think as a like adult, I crossed a line, and it was like there really wasn't any like ramifications for it. Well, but it wasn't real. I mean, that seemed like you had a good teacher who knew not to like reprimand you because she was she really knew- nice, Miss Aguilar. Oh, that's nice. she well, because really she knew wonderful. it's not like like you weren't a bad student. You weren't doing this because you didn't have the capacity to do it. There was something going on, so she was trying to address um, address it while not you know, and while not encouraging it so much that it became out of hand. Like ha- have you do it all the time or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I think uh, oftentimes adults forget that when kids act out, it's because they need something. Most of the, and they usually, uh, it, it's pretty easy to figure out because kids are human and like you can usually figure out what's going on. But instead, I feel like I see so often that parents and adults uh, start treating kids like they're adults sometimes because they think like, especially because kids, you know, think they're adults and yeah. they'll talk like it. So I see that a lot with like parents are like try to like, you you would see a parent like um, get out of control and like start yelling at a kid in the street sometimes, and they're like treating their. Some, sometimes I see this, especially like in the Asian grocery store. Oh yeah, girl. I mean, but it's not like it's not like a it's bad non-discussion thing. Non-discussion at the Asian right, grocery right. store. But it's not. It's not that it's like a like they're also stressed and overworked for sure. It's not like these parents are bad people. But sometimes you just see it let slip, and then they're like yelling at their kid, and they're having a fight like their kid is an adult, and you're like. No, like this kid is just a kid acting out because they need something. Um, and I, I've felt that before, you know, like if I get in a fight, like uh, I remember getting in a fight with like my mom when I was a kid all the time. I, she would just, we'd start talking back and forth like it was a conversation. Oh, really? You know, but in hindsight, it's like, oh, I was freaking out probably because there's something else going on. And as a parent, I feel like what you need to do is just no matter how upset you are that this kid is yelling at your face and not doing the thing you want, you got to be like, hold on, hold on. Why is my kid, like, why is this child not doing this thing? There's something else that they need from me, you know, the adult in this room. And, and it's usually not like they're doing it because they want to make me mad. That's usually not what it is. It's not like you're doing it because you're like, I hate everyone. And I mean, maybe like that's what you would say outwardly. Like, I don't want to do this because I don't care. But really, it's like, I don't want to do this because it's, you know, I'm feeling sad or uh, yeah. I'm not getting what I need anymore. And I don't know how to make myself happy or whatever, but you don't have those words as a kid. So it's up to the adult to figure it out. Well, that's, wow. Teresa, maybe I don't need to go to therapy after (laughs) all. I'm like, I feel like I really had an epiphany and a breakthrough (laughs) moment um, in you making those connections because I like, I didn't really like fight with like my parents mm-hmm. or like my mom, like my mom had primary custody um, 
like in a divorce, but like my dad only lives like, you know, 10 minutes away. So mm-hmm. it's like, we'd see him like every other day and every other weekend. So it wasn't like that big a deal, but, mm-hmm. um, my, like after that in third grade, I think like, yeah, fourth and fifth grade, I just stopped. I like stopped doing homework. Mm-hmm. I like lie about doing homework. Mm-hmm. Like my mom would ask if I did homework and I just say yes. And I didn't. Okay. And like, the thing is like, I was like a good enough student in class. Yeah. To get by that. They were like, she's testing very well, huh. but she's not turning in her homework. And like, my mom would have like convos with me about it, but like, didn't, I mean, I think she was also very busy with like her own shit. Yeah. You know, like where it's also like, but she isn't like a bad kid. I don't like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it wasn't seen as like me acting out. I don't think that's how it was treated. It was more like, I don't know, Danielle, just like do your homework. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And then were you, I don't know, like, I, I'm not sure if you were aware of it at the time, but were you doing it? Were you trying to get a reaction or you just didn't know why you were doing it? You just wanted to test the waters? I think I just, I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe... Like, at the time, I was like, I just didn't want to do it. I think I was, I mean, I feel like I was, like, just pretty depressed in, like, elementary school. I think that's something I just, I didn't realize that that's, like, what that was. That's yeah, what that looked like for me. and you can't do anything, and you don't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't really, yeah, it's like I didn't really do much of anything. I was like, I just wanted to, like, read my books and, like, yeah. not go to school. But then it's like, well, I'm in school. I'm like learning. I'm like actively participating. I'm like, I know what's up. I can answer all the problems on the test. But then it's like, I get home. I was like, I don't really want to do this. Right. But so I think it was just like, yeah, maybe it's like depression. And then probably, I mean, it for sure was attention seeking. Sure. And it, then your mom would have these talks with you. And would that feel good when she was noticing? No, not really. <laughs> I like didn't want to have the talk. Though. Oh, yeah, I yeah. was like, I don't. I was like, leave me alone. Okay. It's fine. It's like not a big deal. I don't get why any of this is a big deal. Uh huh. I, yeah, I was a oh, monster. Man. No, you <laughs> weren't. Like you were a kid who was depressed and needed help and monster. didn't know how to handle those emotions because you're a child. And so instead, you were doing these things, which probably like this is why I think humans like um, subconsciously are always going to ask for what they want, and that was you weren't saying it because you didn't know what it was, but you, you were asking for help with not doing your homework, you know? Yeah. And it's like, my dad wasn't like having any like convos with me about it. It was all like falling on like my mom's shoulders. And it's like, she's for all intents and purposes, a single mom. It's like, there's just like a lot of stuff where it's like, she was like very like busy and distracted and like going through a lot of her own shit that like, I was not helping, but I also like didn't care to try to like understand or be aware of (laughs) well it's also maybe i also knew like she's distracted so i can get away with this well that's the paradox you fall into with someone like because you were a smart kid and like with gifted kids it's like even when you are having trouble because you're not doing your homework you're able to get by because like the gap like you're just smarter and more ahead of your peers that you were able to just like be both like a bad student and a good student at the same time making you were like, uh, well, I don't know what your grades were, but I'm like sure it was like, C, yeah, like it's an average, C right? But, average student. Yeah. But if you were totally failing everything, then it would be like, okay, what's going on? Um, 
I think there's a term. I don't know if this is exactly what that is, but I've heard the term twice exceptional, which is when you're like a, a gifted kid, but also with a learning disability, which isn't the case for this. But my, my brother used to have it. So he was it's like when you have like ADHD, but you're also gifted. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you go undiagnosed. Because Low key wonder if I do have ADHD. Possible. A lot of I feel like I feel a lot, like a lot, of, lot comedians of adults and a yeah. lot of comedians do. But it's like you learn coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So you don't like I have like a friend who was like diagnosed with that. And well, she was like going to law school and like also to like my cousin when she was in medical school, because it's like she's just been high functioning. She had like very like high achieving parents that like, you know, she just developed these coping. You can have a high IQ and also a learning disability. So it's like, but then it's harder to go noticed as a kid because usually teachers pay attention to your grades. So if you're clearly a smart kid, then they're not going to call it out. Exactly. So then it becomes harder to um, get the right help because they're just like. She could be better if she just did her homework, but she's doing okay, you know. And then another year goes by and you're not, like, getting the treatment or whatever, the attention that you need to figure it out. Um, So when did that – like, when did you get out of the funk? Like, did it – was there a moment when you got excited about school again? I know. I mean, I did, like, in seventh and eighth grade um, because, like, so I – so – I went to like Catholic school, like a Catholic elementary mm-hmm. and middle school. So it was from kindergarten to eighth grade, but I like got there in third grade. So I went from third grade to eighth grade and it was like pretty like small school. We had about like 30 kids in each class. Were your parents Catholic or just, you just went for the My parents um, were Catholic. I was like raised Catholic, but like my parents, like they didn't, they don't really care. Uh-huh. It was more because like my, like, cause I did ask like, my parents like why I went there and not like a different like private school that mm-hmm. wasn't Catholic because like Pasina has a bunch of those mm-hmm. um and they were like well your grandmother like mm-hmm. my nana is like a very hardcore Catholic okay you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. <laughs> just a real abuela in okay. that <laughs> regard um so, and my parents just like it was more like Okay, we'll go to church on Sunday with your Nana. We'll go to church on Easter. But it wasn't, my parents didn't super care. Like, we didn't pray at home or do any of that. They never, like, took me to confession. Mm -hmm. Like, the only times I ever went to confession are, like, when we did it at school. (laughs) It was just like, okay. Did you um, bring up any of your, like, depression with your the religious leaders at your school is that something you were comfortable talking about with them or not really no like the only nun that we really had was like sister Daylene. she was the principal okay and there was uh actually the kindergarten teacher was studying to be a nun because they'll pay for like your higher education oh cool so i believe she got a master's or something like that but then after she like went through the whole like nun program or something, she like ended up marrying a student's whoa. dad. Oh whoa! Yeah, so she was just in it. Husband so it was like this whole scandal. Like, oh shit, <laughs> Sister Margaret was just in it to scam the church and to get up on this like divorce dad. Wee, you know. That's funny. um. That was pretty. That was that was scandal. But like, it was just no. I like. I was an altar server because like I could get time out of class mm-hmm. if I was like signed up to be an altar server, you know, like, oh, they need altar service for this funeral. Cool. I can go. Yeah. Can I go? You know, 
I don't know. So that's like a. I like. I don't have it. any Catholic guilt. I really because yeah. it just wasn't. It was like it was more of like a cultural. Yeah. Like oh, you just go and even you like didn't have with, attachment to to mm-hmm. it. I, I have attachment to like the iconography and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, well, there's a familiarity and everything that you're used to, but um, but it's, it's good yeah. if you're not hanging on to any of the shame or anything like that that comes with what some some religions will teach. Yeah, um, which I don't think is inherently in like the the belief itself is just like the depends on the people running it and mm-hmm. the community. Um, earlier, you mentioned like we were talking about um, you know now when you do creative stuff, you always have this self awareness, and then you're saying it's sort of related to what you're gonna say. Um, so I'm curious. Is like, it does uh, were you trying to say that it ties into having this like very creative Montessori learning, or how did that affect your approach to creative works like down the road? Do you connect any of that to like sort of having this very creative school experience? Oh, I meant oh, the more like the paralyzing like fear of like choice and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think that, um, it's oh, well. I guess it I think that it like ties to also this thing of um oh but like I could just like not do the work like I couldn't tell you hmm. all about the book I read I would much rather tell you I can tell you all about it tell you about like the meanings and the symbolism and like mm-hmm. but it's like oh you want me to write an essay on it <laughs> oh actually never mind <laughs> um but it's easier for me to do things like math because it's just well it's just one answer yeah it's like not open to right interpretation yeah it's like if you solve for x <laughs> then you got it that's it so is it the judgment part that is paralyzing like the fact that once you put out your works um you don't your belief on how good it is is different from someone else's is that the part that's scary yeah like in math you could still I, some people get frustrated by math because they can't do it like if you can't get x but if you, you know just... the rules then you're like <laughs> able to operate within them true like the rules don't change that's true it does get more complicated though and i think some people get yeah. frustrated as it gets complicated because then they're like i don't grasp it whereas like with something creative they can be like well this is how i would do it and then yeah. it's just like that's just it uh you can like it or you don't have to you know <laughs> um maybe i just like bullshitting because like <laughs> And yeah, like in like Montessori school, it's like I did the plays and I did ballet and like I I was a fucking monster. We had we'd always have like this kind of like spring program. Yeah. You could choose whatever you wanted to do. And so I read a poem, Mm -hmm. a very pointed poem called One Sister for Sale. Shel Silverstein? Shel Silverstein. I know, it's because my name's mentioned in it, right? Isn't No, 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 that's the pancake one. Mm-mm. There's the pancake one has terrible This Teresa. is like one sister for sale, one sister for oh, sale, yes. one lying and crying young sister uh-huh, for uh-huh. sale. I'm really not kidding. So who do the bidding? Do I hear a uh-huh. dollar, a nickel, a penny? Isn't there any? Isn't there any who will buy this old sister for sale? So like while I was practicing that, uh-huh. I just would say it to my sister. I would torment her <laughs> like a fucking asshole. Uh-huh, <laughs> but like... Uh-huh. Using poetry, it's a real Montessori school piece of shit thing to be like, let me use poetry to torment my sister. That's funny. I remember that poem. Love Shel Silverstein. I love Shel Silverstein. My mom would give me a Shel Silverstein book for my birthday every year. Oh, that's nice. My favorite is Left 
Is it Lafsadio or Lafcadio? I don't know. The lion who wore the marshmallow suit. That was Shel Silverstein. Oh no, I don't know that one. Oh yeah, you guys. It's one of the. I it's one of the stories. It's a short books. story. If you guys don't know this one, please check it out. Um, check it know, out. Really, just gonna plug Shel Silverstein right now. No. <laughs> no, we should. We should plug <laughs> Shel Silverstein. To my where the sidewalk demo, ends. You know. Um, uh, yeah, I thought about getting a Shel Silverstein tattoo before, but then I was like, then I'll be a girl with a Shel Silverstein yeah, tattoo. Yeah, that's like so a girl like, with like no. an Eloise tattoo. Yes. It's a lot. So it's very like, on no. the nose. <laughs> so it's just in my head I like him, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think I just, yeah, I think I liked performing and being in front of people and like well it's a good thing you do that now <laughs> yeah but what is the um because you said like bullshitting but I don't think it's necessarily bullshitting I think this is a common struggle a lot of artists have is like you actually do know what's good and you know what you think is good but the further you get along the more um people are gonna have opinions and yeah. doesn't mean they're right but it's you know it's hard to tune out everybody because someone's saying even if they're completely wrong even mm -hmm. someone saying like i don't like that it's not for anyone even if you know it's not true like it still hurts it still hurts to hear yeah. also too like my sister was always seen as the artistic one mm. like even though like i had interests in like dance and like mm -hmm. theater and drama and stuff like that my sister was like well it's like well she's the artist you know she's always like mm. drawing and coloring and painting and working with clay and stuff like that and so there was like this like um not a preciousness, but it was like, well, Lilac's the artist. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like always like, like a label. For it's like, well, Danielle's the smart one and Lilac's the artist. And like my mom was an artist. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think there was like that attachment to this. Like, well, she like gets yeah. Lilac because she's an artist. So it's like, just do your homework, Danielle. Like, just do it. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a smart one. Just do it. it yeah. um, so I think like because my sister and I are also like we're just very different people but like she's always been seen as the artist yeah so I think things like that where it's like I do have freedom of expression um that is you know it's yeah. it was like a hard thing to do yeah because there's so much significance placed in yeah. your work and and then you put value on uh, what people think rather than the art, the act of doing it, which should always be like, ultimately if those two should come together, because if you're truly creating from a place, uh, a passion and, and, and an honest, um, like story or voice that you want to tell that will connect to somebody because you're a person and people connect to that reality or that honesty. Um, but obviously, you know, easier said than done. I have this too, you know, where I'm like creating something and then be like, who's gonna, well, who's this for? Who's gonna like it right. before it's even done, you know? <laughs> so I do get that. But yeah, but I, I think that's, uh, that's a struggle that everyone has, but, um, is that? Oh, man. Yeah. okay. Well, well, that's good to know, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm really glad you shared that with me. Um, I guess what, well, yeah, for anyone out there who's gone to Montessori school. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you gone to Montessori school? Please share yeah, your experiences. Let me know. I'm curious. I'm curious. If, what's uh, what's your favorite Shil Silverstein um, <laughs> poem or book? I'd love to know if your, uh, Danielle's, uh, history resonates and, and what, what your experience was like. So yeah. If you're the, know. oh my God, what was his name? I forget what his name is. My first boyfriend I had in, in 
in kindergarten what? at Montessori school. You're one of those. There's always like, uh, there's like two people in my kindergarten class that we always are like, their boyfriend and girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're, and everyone gathered around and it was like, they're together. And you were that. I was that girl. <laughs> he was a year older. He was a whole year older. Oh, wow. He was in second grade. I was in first grade. He taught me how to tie my shoelaces. Oh, so cute. He actually took me out on like my first date what so you know you Montessori school make some crayons together in the corner well and so Montessori <laughs> school ended in second grade but then in fourth grade um I got like this because he ended up going to like a different school than me mm-hmm. I got a call from like the Montessori school basically like oh there's something for Danielle here like she needs to come pick it up and so like I go with my mom to Montessori Whoa. school and it's a velvet heart-shaped box oh filled God. with chocolates what? with like a card from my ex-boyfriend from all the way from second grade asking me <laughs> to be my valentine <gasps> and um asking me out on a date and oh it was like so nice i was like truly what? the nicest nicest i've ever been asked out on a fucking date in fourth grade, in fourth wow, grade. Wow, wow. i mean oh my god his wife is probably so happy <laughs> 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 but yeah so then like we went on a date. His mom picked me up with him in the car and like she drove and we sat in the back. Where did you guys go? We went to Little Tokyo. Aww. And she sat at another table. <laughs> uh, it was like, and then we went to like, we walked around and we went in like a gift shop and like he bought me origami. It was like, well, sh- his mom did. That's so cute. Wow. This was like planned. It was on Valentine's Day? It was like, I don't think it was actually on Valentine's Day, but it was like around Valentine's it's Day. It's still planned out for but a it was later. Like, that is I mean, so thoughtful. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And Where then, is he? I don't know. I need to find, I want to find out actually. It's like, he's probably, I know. I don't think I've been on very a date like married now as an adult. Like I- <laughs> with like the perfect fucking wife and their 2.5 kids. 2.5 full a house full live of in Pasadena. Yeah. Just cultured as fuck. Honestly, that- their kids are going to Montessori school now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know that's like notebook level because it's like two years <laughs> went by and then it was like I wrote you every day for you know what I mean. He was <laughs> like really- I've been thinking about you, Danielle. I've been thinking about you. <laughs> I know it was two years ago, but then he made you go back to the school. <laughs> that's so funny. It's so cute. <laughs> well, because the school had it. You know, it was like before yeah, cell yeah. phones and yeah, no, it's texting so and all of that. It was like the house phone rang, I you know? <laughs> I love it so much. Um, well, I want to end with a quick game. Do you want to play a game? Yes, okay. I love it. I always like to end with games. Teresa, that's such a, <laughs> it's like what a nice way to ask that question. <laughs> very culturally well, we scary question now. now. Uh, oh, <laughs> do you want to play a game as culturally scary? No, like in the Saw movies. You want to play oh, a game? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't watch horror, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't mean to scare you anybody. No spookies here. Um, this no is spookies. <laughs> this is called... <laughs> oh and no spookies. <laughs> this game is called Make It Clap Back. Uh, and it's all about celebrities who clap back online. Because, um, uh, I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to get into it. Um, uh, it's inspired by... Well, it's inspired... Well, that will probably give away one. Of, well, let's just say let's she's... Just play. Yeah, you know what? Because I... Well, I'll say that it's inspired by a celebrity I know you like. Oh, I'm excited. Who does clap back Who does clap back? Yeah, so Ooh. just a game. Pretty straightforward. I'm going to read a clap back that a celebrity wrote online, you know, in a comment or a twi- mm-hmm. tweet or something. Um, and it's multiple choice, so... I guess you the celebrity? Guess. Mm-hmm. You'll just guess who it was. I'm so excited. Pretty straightforward. All right, here we go. 
Okay. Um, here we go. In response to a body shaming comment, the comment was, your roles are showing. This person said, I feel like a man of your age should know the difference between your and your, because he spelled it wrong. <laughs> your is possessive as in your roles are showing. Get it? The roles belong to me. Your in an abbreviation for, uh, sorry, Y-O apostrophe, Wow, Y O U apostrophe R E is your is an abbreviation for you are, as in you're clearly an asshole body shaming loser. That was a clap back. Who was this? A Busy Phillips, B Chelsea Handler, C Nikki Glazer, or D Shakira. This was actually a response to a body roll video and was like really meant to be a compliment, but she didn't really quite get it. So this is these are really <laughs> random celebrities. <laughs> I mean, it is a really random mix. One of them is right. Shakira, Nikki Glazer, Busy Phillips, and Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler. When was this clap back? What year was this clap back? <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, I'm not going to tell you. We don't know. <laughs> you'll have to guess. I, I mean, I do know, but uh, you'll have to guess. Oh, God. I'm going to say. Well, I'll give you a hint. It's usually it's not D. D is usually a joke. joke uh... Well, yeah, it's like, when's the last time anyone's heard from Shakira? Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God. Busy Phillips, um, Chelsea Handler, or Nikki Glazer. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nikki Glazer wouldn't take the time to mm-hmm. do all of that. Mm-hmm. She would, if she was going to take the time, it'd be a joke. It's like, is Chelsea Handler even online like that anymore? <laughs> I guess Busy Phillips because she has a show to promote. Mm-hmm. You are correct. This was from 2018. Busy Phillips. <laughs> she posted a Instagram of her working out. Someone, some asshole commented on it and she clapped back. And you know what? She does have a show to promote and promote. She did promote. She does. <laughs> um, number two, the clapback was I handle business period. If you don't have no business, don't tell me how to handle mine. Yes. Cardi B. I already <laughs> know. I liked there that tweet. I faved there. it and DM'd it to several group okay. chats. I made. love it. This was a, she was a celebrity that inspired this. Um, uh, the other, the just, you know, if you you wanted to know the other answers, it was Justin Bieber, Cardi B, Post Malone, or the Monopoly Man. Uh, <laughs> the Monopoly Man, Post Malone. But you got that. That's going to be two points for you because you got that with without any multiple choice. So. Yes, thank you. All right. Next, I, I test well. Yes, like. you do. <laughs> Truly. But don't tell her to take it home for homework because um, she won't do it. Um, who replied to a hater comment? Uh, the comment was, my nine-year-old sister has bigger tits than you. And the clapback was, spend a lot of time looking at your nine-year-old sister's tits. Ooh. Ooh good clapback. Was it A, Chrissy Teigen, B, Ariana Grande, C, Mindy Kaling, or D, the mom from Modern Family? <laughs> I like how the mom from Modern Family doesn't even get a name. Um, <laughs> so not her. Would you know who I was talking about? If I, um, I think Mindy Kaling is frankly too busy uh, living her best life to be clapping back at anyone. Um so then that's so now we're down to Christy Teigen or Ariana Grande. Okay, I think Ariana Grande, she's just really posting just like weird inspirational shit. I don't think she's really clapping back at anyone. Um she's been to therapy. She let us know <laughs> in um in her thank you next. Mm. Um she's like in a good place. So I don't really think she's like about the clap back right now. Um it feels like something Chrissy Teigen would say. <laughs> 
You know, it does feel like something she would say, but it was Ariana Grande. Is Ariana um, Grande? How long ago was this? She does like to clap back. Um, it, well, you know, she has gone to therapy. You're right. Uh, I lost the date of this. I'm like, this doesn't feel like this year. You know what? Clap back. This feels like right. maybe older. You know, it's funny because I was about to Google this and then I accidentally, because I was talking, <laughs> um, Googled Ariana Grande tits and that's not... <laughs> that's not... Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. That's not at all what I meant That's to, amazing. To Google. <laughs> but then... I love it. Um, it was actually November 2018. So you know what? It was last year. Um, but she does actually I love to clap back online. And I was trying to find um, one that wasn't so well. Because I know she's like her she, with Piers Morgan was one that was pretty Oh, yeah. There was one. Yeah. yeah. So I found one of the comments. Um, but you're still doing pretty good. Okay. Here's a la- final question. So if you get this right, you win the game. And if you don't, I think you still win the game because you have three points and there's four questions. So <laughs> in response to you suck, capital S-U-C-K, this person replied, and well, I'm told. Ooh. Was it A, Amy Schumer, B, George Takei, C, Neil Patrick Harris, or D, Alf? <laughs> um, definitely not Alf. That's a no. Well, you don't know. He's got a long nose. Maybe he sucks out of that. No, um, I don't. He just he does a lot of cocaine. Um, <laughs> all the big nose to snort it up. Um, uh, okay. So then we have um, who was the first one? Amy Schumer, George Takei, Takei, Takei. Oh, was it or- Amy Schumer? I, th- I feel like I heard Amy Poehler. Maybe oh, the first. Oh, that was, I don't no, know. no, no, no. It was Amy Schumer. Was the um, do we get a date for this clapback? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can give you one. Um, why don't you reason through what you think and sure. I'll give you a date? I don't think it's Amy Schumer. I don't. Well, if it's Amy Schumer any time in like the last like few years, I don't think it's Amy Schumer because bitch is busy, you know, being married and pregnant and like not mm-hmm. really caring, like counting all of her money because she has so much money. October 2015. So there was a bit of a okay a that here. could have been around uh, train wreck, perhaps. I don't know when that came out. Sounds about right. Maybe I don't think so though. That doesn't really is like she's always. I don't think like mm-hmm. I feel like her internet presence was never really that. It was mm-hmm. like it, yeah. I don't think that was like really her internet presence. Um, I don't think it's Neil Patrick Harris. He is sassy on social media but he's not really like that saucy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it feels like a very george takai kind of move mm-hmm. just like owning it and just really being like and what and you're correct and you won the Yay, game so i won you tested a plus i love a plus from Teresa lee Thank for you. daniel perez making uh, my immigrant parents proud <laughs> A hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This has been really amazing. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Diva Deluxe, no E at the end. Mm-hmm. And you can check out my dates at the DaniellePerez.com. Do it and go find, uh, go watch her if you're in Boston at the Women in Comedy Festival. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod. Or if you want to tip me, um, we don't have a Patreon anymore, but we do have a PayPal, paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. And it goes right back to the show. So go do that if you want to help it out. Thank you.